Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the We Speak English Good podcast. Today is a very special episode. Of course, I always say it's special because it is special to me. The podcast this is, that is. Uh, But also, I had a great experience being a part of a movement, I would say, um, not directly, but just sort of indirectly through my wife, Raina. Um, she was selected to contribute to a book that is now available on Amazon.com. It's called The Nasty Women, The Nasty Women Project. And uh, let me see. I think it's. I think there's more. There's like a subtitle to it. Uh, let me look at this. Okay, so it's the Nasty Women Project, Voices from the Resistance. And, of course, this is all spawning from uh, Donald Trump, uh, his his comments towards women grabbing pussies and, um, you know, him talking about Hillary Clinton in, uh, you know, calling her a nasty woman and um, whatever your opinion is about politics, I don't really care. It's it's neither here or there but the problem is is that this person who was elected by a majority of the country um just says whatever the hell he wants however he wants to do it he's very demeaning i mean like you look at what's going on right now currently he's you know, one of his cabinet members had to step down and recuse himself because of dealings with Russia. He was doing, he was, they were making backdoor dealings with Russia so they could hack in. Anyways, you can read the story online. I'm not here to bash on him, uh, on anybody, except for Donald Trump, of course. Uh, but this was inspired by a man um, and by men in general. So that's the that's the name that is. In any case, um, Raina was selected to contribute her piece um, that she wrote for this book. And what what this is, what this episode is, is the launch party that they did on Facebook. They did some Facebook Live stuff, and and some uh, a select few of the authors were were asked to go live on Facebook and to um, read their piece. And so I thought that was an amazing thing. Um, What a cool idea. And so what I did was I recorded the session. And so you'll hear some beeps and pings and pongs. um, That is... um, Facebook messaging and stuff. So you'll probably hear that during some of the speeches and stuff, some of the some of the talks, uh, some of the readings. And what we are going to do is play those live the live audio from the readings. And and there's some powerful stories in here. So we're gonna start off with Susie Varga. Um, I I'm not too sure of what her part was. I know it's a big part. I think she was the one who was actually going out and finding the talent and putting it together, which I should have probably researched this better, but I actually wanted to get this out because this just happened on the 1st, March 1st, and I'll probably release this either the 5th or the 6th. 
so I want to, I sort of push this to the head of line because I usually do, um, I do it in sequential order of how I recorded it. And by the time I get to some of our guests, it's about a month later. So um, I, sorry about that, guys. But it's just, that's just how the show developed. So, um, so I did want to jump this to the head of the line, though, because I think this is an amazing book. Um, if you want a good perspective on how women are being, uh, how what women are saying are or commenting on society or their own personal stories in America. I think this book is amazing for that. And again, you can buy this at the, um, at Amazon. You can also go to www.nastywomenproject.com and order a book. There's a hard copies, soft copy. There's digital copies. I even heard that they might even do a, uh, audio audible audio copy. I said Audible, but that's the name of the audiobook company. Anyways, um, yeah, so go to nastywomenproject.com, order your books. It was number one on the new, it was number one for the new, uh, new releases. Um, it's climbing up the charts out of 8 million books on Amazon. It was up to like 3,000 or something. So it's making its way through the milieu. I think that's the correct word for this. It's making its way through, um, you know, the, I don't think Malou is the right word. <laughs> that is not the right word. I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, I'm not a writer or uh, a wordsmith. Hence the name we speak English good. So um, I think even Amazon is doing a special because they want to help promote it too. So I, I know the hard copy was $30, but I think it's still, now they made it a prime um, book. So you can get prime free shipping. And I think they even reduced the price to like $23. So at the time of this recording, that's what's going on. So, you know, go out and get that book. You can click on the link in the liner notes and, um, go straight to it i'll put the amazon link and i'll put the website link and everything you need to get the copy but i thought this was just an amazing experiment um from um from these lovely ladies who contributed from all over the country and so what we're going to do is hear from Susie varga and she's going to kind of give us the introduction and then uh, i'll be back and introduce the next person uh, who will be reading, actually reading her contribution to the book. So here we go to Susie Varga. On behalf of all of us here, we'd like to thank you. Um, it's really an exciting day for us. We've been working super hard um, for the past few months, and that's not just the writers, that's the editors, the publishers, the designers, um, uh, everyone, really. There have been so many supporters working and combining efforts for this project. And, of course, all of the proceeds go to Planned Parenthood. So we're really happy to see the fruits um, of our labors, you know, really happen in such a fast timeline. It's just because we're such a group of nasty, powerful women here on a mission. Um, so uh, we have a great night planned. The highlight of which will be a few of the writers will be speaking tonight, which is going to be awesome. I'm super excited. 
But beyond that, we have some games and some giveaways and some other fun stuff planned. So um, it should be a good night. I know some of you have not been to a virtual party before. So all you need to do is follow my posts along in the discussion. If someone else comes in and live feeds like this, or if I post a video, just watch it. You know, hop in the live feed and I'll keep you going throughout the night. Okay, and you know, post in the comments, give the readers a lot of love. It's hard to put yourself out there. Hard enough to write, harder even so to speak and really put your um, your soul on the line. So give them lots of love while they're speaking, okay? Um, any questions, later on, our editor-in-chief, Erin, will be online doing a Q&A, and she'll tell you more about the book at that point. But, you know, it really did start with her saying, let's write a book together a few months ago. And from there, it just, it expanded. We have representation from all over the country, a whole group of strong women, all kinds of women. It's, it's been really awesome. Um, but I'll let her tell you about that later um, so that we can get going with the party. Um, I will tell you to grab a pen and paper because you'll need it in a little while. And let me think, am I missing anything? I'm not sure. Okay, just follow along with my posts. And um, I hope you have a great night. And thank you. So Susie, Susie's feed was cut off abruptly. Probably just connectivity problems. That's what happened live. So a lot of this you're going to hear kind of the readers are going to sort of just pop in because that's sort of how their live feed came across. Um also, I know a lot of information in there doesn't pertain to the audio of the uh, audio version of this launch party, but um, I just wanted to give you an idea of what was going on here. So I I just wanted that sort of painted a picture painted. It was cool. There was it was a live launch party. There was people. Um, she had some games for free giveaways for the book, and like she said, all proceeds go to Planned Parenthood, which is under fire from the current administration. Um, for some reason, they don't want women to uh, have a right to choose what they want to do with their body or find health care. Um, so we're going to move on to our first reader, who is K.M. Huber. Huber? I don't know if I'm saying that right. I'm sorry. Um, but I found this one particularly interesting. They're all good. I can't, I can't take away from any of them. They're all really great. And we just got our copy of the book, so I'm going to be reading the book. So I haven't really read the book, but from these three readings that we're going to hear, it's been great. So let's go over to K.M. Huber. No solace in open spaces. It is October in Wyoming, 1998. A cloudless sky sinks into an aspen gold landscape. Days like this are why I live in Casper, I tell myself. A disabled 46-year-old lesbian partnered with two children, hers, not ours, ever. On this same day, Matthew Shepard is found hanging on a rail fence, alive, more scarecrow than human. Hate comes to Wyoming is what the statewide newspaper headline reads, as if hate were new to us. We are the land of Gretel Ehrlich's solace of open spaces, room for everyone. Matthew Shepard is murdered and tortured by people who live in Wyoming, have always lived in Wyoming, solace for some, but not space for all. 
The hate that arrives is the congregation of the Westboro Baptist Church. It is their life's work to protest any fag event. The brutality of Matthew Shepard's death draws worldwide media attention. The Westboro Church finds the recognition it has been seeking. On the day of Matthew's funeral, the blue skies go dark with winter. First gray rain and then white flakes thick, as if being dumped from a truck bed, white on Wyoming white. Signs of Matt in hell and God hates fags sway in their sturdy righteousness. They take all the space they need, these true believers. With others, I stand on our side of a drooping police tape. We hold our umbrellas high, trying to block out a hate that is bigger than all of us. We are so naive in our whiteness. Soon umbrellas sag under the weight of snowflakes. There is no privacy for the family and friends of Matthew Shepard, who wish only to mourn and to remember. In frustration, we scream at the Westboro Church members, whose First Amendment rights loom larger than ours. They know our fear. It makes them smile. We don't have words or signs. In the stillness of snowflakes, our umbrellas completely collapse. The sound of silence. I look into the eyes of the bearded youth holding the mat in hell sign. He looks straight through me, my rage unseen, my fear ignored. I do not matter. Pure hate, one-on-one, -on -one, white on white. On November 8, 2016, I am old. A sexagenarian, the only label that anyone notices. I live alone and no one asks whether I'm a lesbian or a feminist or a Zen Buddhist. I am wrinkled beyond my years. Time and illness blur my sexuality. All I did never slowed either. I now live in the blue county of Leon, Tallahassee. It has voted Democrat since 2000, the other election, in which the majority vote took a back seat to the Electoral College. And just as in 2000, Florida goes the way of its governor. All around me, the trappings of my privilege unravel. It was never enough to always recycle, to be almost vegan or mostly Zen Buddhist, or to be selective in my support of causes, including which member of Congress to write. All necessary, but not enough. A hard, hard rain falls as hate reveals us. My own white privilege blinded me to the white women of my own generation who vote against reason and for chaos. What could they possibly fear in a multicultural nation led by a woman? On November 8, 2016, the eyes of the young man from Westboro look through me once again, white on white, one on one, winning. Namaste. Again, that was Cam Huber, or Hubber. I don't know how she says it. We missed her opening lines, so I don't even know if she introduced herself. It was very quick, but she had a very, I mean, it was quick, but a poignant read. I, I really liked her read. It was great. Um, so next up is Miranda Joyner. And um, she's out of Jackson, Mississippi, which you'll be able to hear that. And I'm not going to blab, so let's just get right into it. Edit, uh, repost, post, be a part of social media. It's all been pretty awesome to watch, so it is exciting. Hi, guys. I'm going to give people some time to log in, and then I'm going to recite a piece that I wrote. 
Um, just to tell you a little bit about myself, uh, I'm from Jackson, Mississippi. Um, I've done poetry uh, probably my entire life. My mother was a teacher, and so I've always had a love for uh, writing and the flow of words. And so I also run an open mic. Um, I'm a radio host. I've been doing radio off and on for, oh my gosh, uh, over 10 years. So since 2003. Um, and so that's currently my love. And I think we have a good bit of people in here. <clears throat> I'm supposed to be reading some of this stuff, huh? Hi. Erin's here with her head full of hair. I'm so excited. All right. I think I am going to go ahead and get started. Sweet. Thanks. I love the color of this shirt as well. I picked it on purpose. <laughs> All right. Also, um, this is the open mic that I run. It's called Synergy Nights. It's a shameless plug I'm doing here. And you can follow us on social media on Instagram and Facebook. And you can also follow me if you like on Instagram. Um, I'm under my name, Miranda Joyner, M-A-R-A-N-D-A-J-O-I-N-E-R. All right. I am going to um, start this piece I wrote. Um, of course, a lot of what we talked about is centered around this election and this things going on in our country and our world. Um, and so that's kind of uh, my perspective on, you know, just how I felt about everything. And so this is called America the Great. July 13th, 2013. The world zoomed in on me as I sat rooted in my grandmother's floor printed couch. Strange fruit on the TV caused me to have anxiety. A flat screen colored TV was broadcasting to the world that my black ass don't matter. Not guilty was the murderer who cried wolf, but anyone with eyes and a moral compass could see that he was. I guess the jury's justification was that you should never bring Skittles to a, to a, and tea to a gunfight. In shock, I turned the TV off along with my hope in humanity. They will never let me forget that I'm black. America the Great. 1963, police used dogs and hoses on protesters. America chose sympathy as their way to cope as these images hit their black and white TVs. The civil rights movement was not the end of inequality, just a transition to a more systematic form of racism, possibly causing more damage to us than it did to my ancestors who had to wake up to their morning Joe dangling like dead leaves from trees. Strange fruit, they called them. America, the great. And now, Nothing worse than living in Mississippi in 2017, but it feels like the Mississippi of 1963, the year my mother was born, the year Dr. King Jr. had a dream, now a dream turned nightmare. Living in the skin that can range, living in skin that can range from the color of dead leaves in the fall to sweet caramel candy at the top of spring. Beautiful, yet every day is like a fight for self-love in a world committed to reminding me how much my black ass don't matter. Not worth the dead leaves under white privileged shoes or the penny candy my mama chewed growing up in the projects. No matter the shade or hue, my melanin is always just enough to keep me behind the curve. They say time heals all wounds, but there hasn't been a time where my skin or my gender weren't abused or misused. Blinded by my anger towards the anger launched at me, I lash out as I hear echoes of, get over it already. 
but how can I when every channel between Fox and CNN exploits my skin? Again, America the Great. Police have traded hoses for guns and dogs for cameras, seeing eyes caught on tape, catching death in the air like the violent Chicago winds. Our black lives still don't matter. Black president pushing hope. They tear it down. More gunshots. You hear the sound. And then, just when I thought that they couldn't hate us anymore, <laughs> they gift us Trump. Guaranteed Joker. Obama booked back to back and then they pull a Trump. Guaranteed Joker. Hide your wives because he's bound to poker. This is our America. Land of the free. And they want me to stand to pledge allegiance knowing that that line was never written for me. I place my right hand over my heart and my left hand to God as the results rolled in on election night like a plow truck spreading white snow back over black streets. Taking us back to that cold numb place of seeing dead black bodies on TV. A whiteout trumps everything. And now my gender is up to bat like grabbing pussies at an animal shelter. Take the lead, pick your cat, avoid the black ones, they scratch. The orange ones will need a wall, you know. Damn. Here we go. November the 9th, 2016. America was made great again. I was reminded again that I was the African American of 1963. That's my piece. Thank you guys for allowing me this platform to share. I'm really excited about this launch and um, I'm really looking forward to the success and to the volume too. Love you guys. Y'all take care and enjoy the rest of this launch party. Turn up. So that was Miranda Joyner uh, from Jackson, Mississippi. Again, how can you not love that? Uh, her attitude, the message she was saying, um, her open mic. Uh, we tried to friend her on Facebook, but she is not able to accept any more friends because of because uh, um, Facebook, I think on your personal page, you can only have so many friends and then you have to start paying a monthly fee, which does not make it very that, that doesn't make Facebook very cool for people who can't afford to pay them a fee. But Facebook is very valuable for spreading messages. Um, anyways, so next up is Raina. So Raina had the privilege, Raina Mystique, that is, she had the privilege of being my wife, <laughs> which sounds terrible. Actually, I have the privilege of being her husband. Let's put it like that. Um, but what I was getting at is that she, I actually mic'd her. So you're going to notice that everything sounds sort of like grainy from videos and stuff like that but it's um it's only because i was recording directly off facebook the live feed so we actually had a microphone for reina and so we're going to use that audio just because i have it and why not so here's reina mystique with her piece congratulations to all of us can we air hug it real quick can we just like feel some love because um dang you guys we did this. Shout out to all of us. Um, so I made some notes actually because I got nervous and um, I was talking to my mom. She was over the other day um, and she works as, um, 
she works as a teacher for the court and community school, so she works in like juvenile hall and different detention facilities. And um, she was sharing with them that I did this book, and obviously, like, they're on the inside right now, so they can't see it. But um, she was talking to them about, you know, voting, and all of them were just kind of like, "Oh, well, it doesn't make a difference," and blah 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 blah, and and it's not gonna matter if I vote because it's not about me. And I was floored. I was completely floored because um, it's about all of us, right? And so I'm, I'm going to read my piece. I'm rambling. I got, I, my piece is called Deeper Than Hair, A Collective Call to Action. I was excited the first time I voted, but the excitement for this election was particularly electrifying. In some way, my voice felt stronger with this vote stronger than in previous elections. I'll never forget when I heard the results. I was in the car, the radio was on, and I was more pumped than I had ever been for pretty much anything ever. The date was November 4th, 2008. Were you an active part of history? Did you let your voice be heard? Or did you sit on the sidelines passively waiting for the results, offering your unwarranted opinions like the non-voting driver of the car that I was in, muttering phrases like, things won't change and he's just like the rest of them. Here I was a black woman, or more precisely, a mixed-raced woman whose very existence was frowned upon by her grandfather for the color of her skin, a woman who had been called a nigger by her own uncle, a mixed woman who some believe shouldn't exist based on the notion that my mother and father should not have procreated. After years of trying to figure out who I was going to be, Years of trying to figure out my place in American society, change was happening. For the first time in my life, the American people had used their collective voice to create visible change. I was 25 in 2008. Society had yet to define my role in the country. Then I was fortunate enough to have two strong women in my life who told me that I could be whatever I wanted. More than ever in 2008, their words resonated. I believed them. In the four years between President Obama's first and second term, I came into my own. I grew as a woman, as a musician, and as a voice to inspire others. Now, I'm not saying that President Obama had any direct causation on my personal growth and development, but having a prominent leader of color during my formative 20s definitely had its moments of inspiration. And while we know the outcome of the 2012 presidential election, it's important to acknowledge the outcome of the voter turnout as well. Many of you answered yes to my opening question. And regardless of how you voted, you proudly voiced your thoughts and offered your opinions. And just like me, you excitedly awaited the results of the 2008 election. Then suddenly, as is stricken by illness, many of you decided your voices didn't matter anymore. One victory and suddenly the fight was over. Mothers and fathers were openly teaching their children not to care about the future of the nation they call home. Many of you joined or rejoined the group of passive Americans who no longer fought. They complain and offer their opinions, but do nothing more to make changes happen. In an era where everyone gets a trophy and everyone can be a star in their own reality, people are less passionate and more savage. Our generation has created an era where over half of the voting population believes their voice doesn't matter and that doing the work is pointless. The social ramifications of something as small as choosing not to vote go deeper than the roots of my natural hair. They extend into the fiber of my being, and they connect us to one another. It's our job, our charge, our responsibility to raise passionate youths, to raise a nation, a nation of leaders and free thinkers. How dare we, as the adults of our nation, sit by silently and inattentively to let the savage inherit the land? If you are unwilling to do the work, let me say to you, we have four years to completely undo our lackadaisical way of thinking. Four years to do undo generations of self-hate and self-oppression. How do we unmute the voices of all those who feel silenced? How do we empower the self-appointed powerless? 
How do we give the people their voice? My people, your people, black people, brown people, white people, everyone stuck in the middle, American people. In a democratic society where love is the winning affection, we have let hate prevail. By believing your voice won't make a difference, you've taught our youth that their voices will not matter. We are unwilling to do the work, and I fear our youth don't even know what the work is. Vote because your voice is strong. Vote because you can. Be heard because you are already being watched, and now is the time for growth. Now is the time for change, and now is the time to not give up. I hope that you guys will share that message because I think it's super important and some people seem to forget that their voice does matter. Something as small as um, a vote can make a huge difference in someone's life. I'm so thankful for all of us just being able to convene and meet in this like super awesome virtual chat and um, I'll see you guys in the party. <laughs> so that was my lovely and talented uh, let me rephrase that infinitely talented writer singer teacher lover <laughs> uh that was random mystique with her piece that she contributed to the nasty women project which you can get at nastywomenproject.com go to amazon pick yourself up a copy get yourself something special for your for your friend maybe ladies maybe you're out there and you really want to explain what the women woman a woman's experience is in the united states and maybe your boyfriend husband um, doesn't understand that uh, maybe this might help him get a little perspective on what it's like to be a woman a woman <laughs> what it's like to be a woman in uh today's america so that was the reading the readings portion and now we're going to go to um the she's chris kelly who is in charge of communications and so if you ever email the nasty women project you're going to end up talking to chris kelly so she's going to give us a little introduction to aaron and then i'm just going to play aaron's entered uh Aaron Passions, who is the uh, actual um, editor of this book. So we're going to just go right into her. So Chris Kelly. So I am blown away tonight by the readers that I have heard, KM and uh, Raina. I'm super blessed to have Raina in my life on a weekly basis a couple times a week she's actually my daughter's voice coach and has she's my sister from another mister so i'm really lucky she's one of the few people that i knew before this project started but to just introduce myself again i'm chris kelly i am your sometimes not very nice kick in the ass on the group and it's only because i love you all and i want to see this project this book our efforts be an enormous success and so sometimes i have to give you guys a little bit of a nudge uh, a little bit about my background i am a woman's empowerment coach tough love kind of badass breakthroughs and a writer um, i'm also a single mom i am don't tell anybody about to, well, in July I'll turn 54 and I have a nine-year-old daughter who you've seen her picture. Um, I also have two sons 
who one just graduated from college and the second one is a junior in college. Uh, but, you know, it's my life's dream to travel the world, speak from stage, be part of projects like this, make a difference. And uh, when I die, I want my headstone to say she lived, she loved, and she made a difference. Now I'm going to talk a little bit about our editor-in-chief. She is originally from Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, she went to film school in Australia because she's badass like that. She now lives in a blue bubble, if I remember correctly, in Austin, Texas with her family. And she is the author of four books and now the editor of one. One that I might add is a number one new release title. And we keep moving closer to a number one book seller. So keep up the good work. Um, you guys are doing amazing. And Erin, Erin Passens. Hopefully I pronounced her name correctly. I met her because I saw her on another forum and I thought she was funny because she's a smart ass like I am and I friended her and then the next thing I knew I was director of communications for a book project. Um, I've written and published a book but I didn't have a director of communications. Shit, I barely had an editor. Um, but I did have one, and she actually was on this project too, Shannon Evans, a shout out to her. Erin um, has brought together a collective of women of diverse backgrounds in every way, shape, and form in a way with such loving kindness, even though she does have her smart-ass ways. Uh, I've never met someone so passionate about a project and about a purpose and love in her heart for every one of us. And she's talked me off the ledge more than one time. I'm not gonna cry. <laughs> I just feel like she has touched each and every one of our lives in a way that we will never forget. And this project it is my desire, and I know it is her desire, that it will touch lives for generations because this is a legacy. <laughs> Nasty women can cry too, yeah. Sometimes a little too much. Um, on that note, I, I, there just are not enough words to say thank you to Erin and thank you to all of you. Thank you for honoring me by allowing me to serve you in my position and it is my hope for all of us that we bust through every barrier we overcome every obstacle and we kick motherfucking ass along the way so with no further ado it is my absolute sincere honor and privilege to introduce to you Aaron Passens our editor-in-chief for the nasty Woman Project, a number one bestseller. We got this. Hi, Chris, how the hell am I supposed to follow that? Oh my God, you got me all like, verklempt. I'm so not worthy. I'm really, 
this isn't lip service. I mean, I'm not worthy. You guys, I mean, I wouldn't be shit. I wouldn't be shit without any of you guys. Um. Hey! Hey, everybody! We wait for some people to join, and I'm gonna have my dinner. Slim fast. The only way to drink slim fast is with. That's the only way to go. Oh, that's so good. Um. I um I didn't I, I was gonna come up with something to say but I can't follow Chris I mean I just can't that was um that was amazing Chris thank you um and thank you to all the writers uh, that read their stories tonight I, I sat here and cried the whole time I just it was just thank you for putting yourself on the line like that and telling your truth and being vulnerable and uh being strong in your vulnerability that was just, I, um, I, I guess I just want to use this moment before we begin the question and answers to say that, holy shit, we are number one uh, right now in our category, the Nasty Women Project, and you know something? We did it on our own. We had, you know, if you weren't with us in the beginning, you know, at first we had this idea that we we're going to get like the public figure to write the forward for us. And we tweeted like crazy. I mean, it was a storm. I don't know if Kimber Dion's on. But, uh, you know, I mean, she was out there every day with the emoticons. Um, and we were like crazy. And I think maybe once or twice we got a retweet or like. Uh, but no one stepped forward. A couple people were interested and then they gave us the brush off. Um, we've had maybe two or three interviews with, uh, media, um, and that's it. So we're number one in our category because of us, us, the girls in the group. We are responsible for our success. Uh, don't let that pass you by because we, um, we're the, this was a grassroots effort like nothing before. Um, and I have a million people to thank, and, and I'm sorry if I haven't thanked you enough, especially when we were going through the editing process and I was becoming uh, <laughs> kind of terrible at times, which I'm uh, extremely sorry for. I think with volume two, it's going to be a lot, well, we're going to have more time, but also it'll be a lot more organized, and, um, and hopefully I will be a lot nicer person during that period. Because I do feel very ashamed um, <laughs> at how I acted. And thank you for, for uh, staying with me. So we did it, guys. We did it. No one else. Not a single motherfucker helped us. We did it. And I, uh, I'm, so, I'm so proud of us. And, and this is just the beginning. The book is just the beginning. You know, I, uh, Chris and uh, Melissa Lang have... Uh, 
they have a great vision for the future, and I think that it's um, probably better said by them uh, what we plan to do moving forward, uh, not just with Volume 2, but, you know, we really want this to become a movement like we, we said it is. And um, they've got some amazing plans, and I, I want to share that with you guys in the future, and I want them to share it with you. Uh, so thank you to everyone. Thank you for everyone making this possible. Social media girls, oh my god. You guys were out in force today. Um, and the editors, uh, Andrea, Ashley, oh my gosh. You guys are incredible. Um, Amy Erickson, I love you. And um, just, just if it took like a village to raise a child, it takes like <laughs> a whole country of women to write a book. So, and uh, I see, yeah, I see you, Susie. And Susie was like the den mom, and you know, I I tend to uh, I tend to be kind of short with people sometimes, especially if I'm running out of time. And I was on uh, the messages with Susie every day, like, oh, I don't know how to do. This. Can you just massage this and get this, you know, them happy and, and comfortable? Can you take care of this? And she was like, I'm on it. So, Susie, you're amazing. Um, so, without any further ado, it's getting late for you East Coast girls. I know. Let's go with some questions and answers. Uh, answers for me, questions from you. And come up with some. Don't make me look like an asshole. <laughs> Would you mind? Yeah, that's true. That's true, Miranda. She just said the shortness is the Leo in you. Oh, I wear the necklace, April. I never take it off. What was the hardest part of editing the book? <sighs> Being able to massage it into something... Um, something that I, I knew from experience as a, as a writer uh, because of there was, every every lady, every woman that's in our book uh, is an amazing writer. There comes a certain uh, structure with writing though for print um, and as an editor you're not supposed to rewrite people's work. You're just supposed to um, you know uh, bring out points of it that will make the story stronger and sort of find the sort of hidden gems within the sentences. Um, and due to lack of time, I think I really struggle with that. And there were times where I felt like, how can we do this? How can we complete this and still be able to keep the voice of the writer? And, um, you know, I, I went off of the map a couple of times and was like, look, I've got to do it this way to save time. Um, compare your original story with what we got here and see my words and change them back to your voice. But this is the flow that we've got to have. This is the structure. This is what is going to sell. 
This is what is going to make your story from good to kick ass. And that was really the hardest part. All right, let me go back because I think I missed some questions. That was a really, 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 really good question. Um, what story had a strong connection with you? I don't know so much connection. I'll say that the... I say that the one that I had the strongest reaction to, without a doubt, was Tamika Sears from Arizona. Because um, for the rest of my life, I'll, I'll never forget the first time I read her story. It was really late at night. And I was sitting at my kitchen table eating, like, strawberry Twizzlers. <laughs> don't judge. And I just uh, opened up her story thinking I'll get one last in before I go to bed. And then probably within the first couple seconds of reading her story, my heart just uh, went insane. And I, uh, I couldn't breathe. And I remember you know, I was like twizzler dang from my mouth. And I sat it down and I stood up. And I started pacing back and forth. I just, um, it was sort of this explosion of the senses. And it, and it still does that to me. It, it's one of those where I, I have to, you know, you know, I've got to go that place. When I open up her story, I'm like, I've got to be willing to go there because it, 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 it was such a strong impact on me. Uh... Yes, I have been abducted by aliens. Susie. <laughs> uh, do I have a timeline for volume two? We, we want summer, and I would like to, um, going back to the hardest part about the, um, about the editing process, I would like to get the stories for volume two in by mid-April, because that way um, I'll be able to really work with the writers and uh eliminate some of like my bad habits as an editor in this round and really uh, stick to their voices and lead them in the right direction. All our stories are strong in the book. Um, and, but I look at some and I'm like, oh, if I, if I had just worked with her like a little bit more, if we'd had a little bit more time, you know, this is a, this is a dazzling story, but holy shit, it could be diamonds. Um, so that's what I'm hoping for volume two is to really be able to have more time with each uh, writer and, and have, you know, 100% authenticity. Uh, let's see. Will we be... Wait, I just missed that one. <laughs> How stupid do I look right now scrolling through? Will we be kept informed of how much we raise for Planned Parenthood? Yeah, that's actually in the um, agreement that you signed. Uh, our publisher is going to send out a report um, each month, and that that report is going to be for the month before, kind of like you know getting paid. Uh, and when he sends that to me, I'll share it with you guys. Uh, what surprised you most about being an editor-in-chief? Oh, Andrea with the hardball. Um, surprised me most? 
gosh, just every uh, the kindness and willingness uh, to work. Uh, just how how people were. I've just never met so many helpful and kind people in my life. Uh, not just women, I mean people. The, I mean, the ladies in our project are just amazing. The sacrifice that they made with their time uh, was just extraordinary in, in their gifts, you know. Uh, Sabrina, I think about her because, you know, uh, she's not in the life, she's not in the social media, she's not, you know, interacting with a lot of the other members. But uh, she was absolutely essential to Nasty Women Project because she did all the crap that no one else wanted to do. She did research on um, like different contacts that we ended up not putting in the book, but like different contacts of in the state of like Planned Parenthood, the senators, representatives. And we weren't able to put in the book because we were just so many. We had so many pages already. Um, but she also helped organize the files, ensure that everyone had their pin name. Uh, was just an incredible asset to the team, and that's just one example. Uh, I was just amazed at how supportive everyone was. There wasn't, well, maybe there was one or two prima donnas, but they're not here anymore. <laughs> oh, what's the next step for the movement? Well, um, as I mentioned, um, intersectional uh, feminism is something that's uh, really important. I, I think it's something that's um, definitely a cornerstone of our movement. And if you're in our group, uh, you know that I asked about or asked our members about uh, taking classes on that. Um, that's the kind of a, a step too, is in education. And not just that, uh, anything that's in our way. One of the things that I've loved so much about this group is that I've learned so many things in so many areas and walks of life that I never had before. And so I want to expand the education and I want um, Nasty Women Project um, to pioneer that, to pave the way uh, for more learning on every level, just not our stories, but um, just to promote education. All right, who's next? Who, was, who has served as the most powerful female influence other than for you do, during this time and why? Lee, why'd you have to ask that? Oh, that's a tough one. I don't, it's like, there are so many. It, if I think of one name, another one flips, you know? I think about, I guess on a national level, Elizabeth Warren, right? I mean, she's, you know, Hillary Clinton has gone into hiding and Elizabeth Warren has really taken up. Um, and the slack and, and push forward. Um, but in our group, like everyone, I couldn't pick out like one name. Everyone has just been awesome. Will you have an audio version available? Yes, I will, Cabrina. In fact, I'll be talking to you very soon. What actions can we take to show that this is more than a book, but a movement? So I kind of touched on that before. Um, I think it it starts first with the social media group uh, has been awesome with uh, spreading out education. They did a, a tremendous job 
um, during February with Black History Month, um, spotlighting uh, different people and showing their profiles and quotes and, and work. And, uh, and I feel like we continue on that path to the outside world and to, to our group members, uh, like I said, further educating ourselves. Once you're in our group, uh, you get the value of having that sort of inside information that um, with all of us and all of our different resources pulled together, um, hopefully we can provide. Uh, let's see. Is there another kind of Twizzler? Yeah, there's Cherry Twizzler and um, there's a movie theater in Austin that uh, serves Cherry Twizzlers and I didn't know that when I ordered it. And so uh, when they gave it to me and I saw it was cherry, I was like, hell no. <laughs> and I gave it back. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. <laughs> what the hell does ICE stand for? <laughs> I love you, Angie. Uh, <laughs> when's the first conference? Oh. What's an awesome gift of an experience and an adventure? Oh, that's a good question. Thank you, Andrea. Hey, Gurjeet. I'm standing right here. Okay. Oh, yeah, my mom. My mom obviously was most influential woman. <laughs> oh, God. Is there no more questions? Oh, this is great. Hey, Gurjeet and Neha, they're they're in this too, right? I told them at work today. I was like, you're gonna you're gonna be here, right? <laughs> How do we get involved in volume two? Go to the website, um, fill out. There's two types of forms, so fill out. You know, you're interested in submission, submitting a story for volume two, and I've got you my little folder. Um, we've already got a lot of submissions now that I've completely ignored um, trying to get birth this baby. And um, I'm going to start looking probably in the next two weeks. Um, I think marketing is going to take up a lot of time until then. Um, when, when, it, when are you coming to Oregon? I don't know. Soon. Oh. Uh, Dog? Yeah? They want to see you and say hello. <laughs> Alright. I'll, I'll bring him in. Wait, I missed a question. What's that? Where can people get merchandise other than the book? Um. Hey, everybody. Hey. <laughs> this is Lori Boyfriend. Congrats to everybody on the awesome book. Thank you. Um. What is it called? Becky, Chris, can you guys put the link in, um, Brian said hello, can you put the link in the comments? It's, uh, it's like six. Something six. Which, what Brian? My boss, the hatchet. Oh, okay. I didn't know he was watching. Uh, no, I'm not having a baby. Who said I'm having a baby? What? How old are my kids? Uh, they're 12 and 10. Everyone says hi, LB. 
There you go. Becky just posted the link. Sorry, I've been fidgeting the whole time. I've been really nervous. I should drink some of my Slim Fast. They're with their dad. You think I'm going to have something live with my kids around? All you'd hear in the background is, Mine! Mine! Mom! Ugh! I'm proud of you too, Miranda. You did an awesome job. Hey, do you guys recognize me without cat butt in my face? <laughs> Maybe post the March link outside the video too so those who aren't watching the video. Oh, I keep thinking that you're saying March. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely do that. Anyway, <laughs> thank you so much everyone. Um, for joining in and for my co-workers too because I threatened them if they didn't and um, I'm, I'm so excited and I'm so thankful you have no idea and uh, I'm so thankful for all the nice things that you guys said today um, about me but I feel that way about you guys like a hundred times more and this would not be worth shit without you so thank you. Peace and love. Peace and love. So that was Chris Kelly and Aaron Passions. Uh, Aaron is the editor of the book, and she helped sort of form and shape these stories into what you see now. I know Raina uh, attributes a lot of her the success of her story on behalf of Aaron because she's a great editor. She also has other books that I suggest you guys just go to Amazon and put in Erin Passions. I, I didn't really, I don't really know a lot about her other than she lives in Austin, Texas, and she's written four novels. But I do know that the two novels that are on Amazon, the descriptions are amazing. So go and buy her book, her books also because they're awesome. I'm going to try to reach out to Erin and see if she will come on the podcast maybe via skype or something so next up what we're going to cut to now is a discussion between me Raina, and chris kelly um after the whole launch party and then this is going to sort of take us out of the show uh, i appreciate the, all the work that these ladies did i i know i say a lot of stupid stuff on this podcast but I think it means a lot that women come together and they express express their strength because without women we would be nothing. I mean, without women how would we how would how would I even exist? Even me. <laughs> but I mean, beyond that, there is a lot of injustices that go on for women, uh people of color, you know, gender there's a lot of injustices especially that really culminate in the united states and to see stuff like this from all these spectrums of women all across the country i think is beautiful and um, no matter what i'll never know what it's like to be a woman you know i, I don't pretend to understand that but i know that in the end, I want to be an ally because 
only an asshole is is working against the other sex, the other gender, the other race. Like, what what's the point? Where do we end up um, holding another gender, race, anyone down? Like, what what do we get? What are we getting out of that? We're we're not moving forward. We say we're a civilized society, but in but gay marriage was just legalized last year. I don't know. There's a lot wrong with this country, but there's also a lot right. I love America. I there's nothing more that I'm proud to be an American, but sometimes my government doesn't make me so proud. Sometimes the actions of my fellow countrymen doesn't make our country people. See, I caught myself countrymen cuz there are country women and country other people. <laughs> This show gets silly, but uh, I'm trying to be serious. And I don't know if that point is conveyed in this little rant, but I I just found this whole experience and um, this book is amazing. So go to nastywomenproject.com and pick up a copy. Go to amazon.com. Like I said, it's on sale there. And uh, so we're going to close out the show with a discussion between me and Raina uh, and... Chris Kelly, who you already heard from, she's on her phone. So we recorded it off of the cell phone with my little Zoom recorder. Um, So uh, that's that. We'll cut to the discussion, and that will be the end of the show. Well, that was splendid. I thought that was a great display of women and uh, expressing their, their inner power. And we got to hear from... Uh, a whole clavicade is that how you say it? Uh, yeah. A clavicade, cavicade. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> of of different saying. spectrums of women, we listen to like an, an older lesbian woman, another black, a southern black woman, a mixed woman. Chris Kelly, who is a mother of a mixed girl, uh, I thought that was great, and then the editor herself. But I wanted to sit here with Raina because she did a thing with the, you know, she wrote, uh, she contributed to the book. And I just, what, what what did you think of that? Like, what, what, how, how did that impact you? What, what's your, like, initial feel off of that? I wish the party was still going. <laughs> <laughs> I do. It was so much fun just to put, like, real people's voices to this, like, super impactful thing that just kind of happened online where you didn't even really like hear people's voices or see their faces it was just kind of you do this and learn this and share this and it was i don't know it was just really really cool it's really really impactful i don't know i don't have another word for it, it was, <laughs> that's okay i I, it was awesome. I thought it was cool too i thought the best part was the q a from what what was her name the her name is aaron aaron so what you guys couldn't see was that she was drinking Slim Fast, but she also had her, <laughs> she had Aaron a is little, a rock star. She had a little pocket shot of Jack Daniels that she was pouring into her Slim Fast. So she says, "I gotta, I gotta eat my dinner." She was pouring Jack Daniels into a Slim Fast like bottle, like, like a, a pre-made shake, a chocolate. Was it chocolate? Pre, I think it was vanilla. Okay. 
So it's called Swirl. Swirl. So it was Swirl. Well, Jack Daniels, it was Swirl. <laughs> it was Swirl. So she was, drinking her, she was drinking her dinner of Slim Fast Jack Daniels Swirl. Mm-hmm. And um, she seemed like she's had a couple of those throughout the night. So, But, you know, she was under a tremendous amount of stress. I don't know what it go, what even goes into editing. Wow. What the fuck even goes there's, in- well, there's 80 contributing writers mm. and imagine how many like edits and emails went back and forth for just mine right that's true how many did was it it was probably at least 10 right it was like probably like four to six. Oh, four i don't know somewhere in there okay so but oh, that's a lot of work that's a lot Chris of, is gone that's a lot of time and effort let's call let's put it on speakerphone hi chris Hey, 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 good job. Oh, thanks. Hey, Mike um, recorded all of the speakers, and he's doing a podcast about it. So we oh, were we were calling God. you so you could be on it. <laughs> okay. Okay, but I don't know. I don't know your FaceTime. I only know Teresa's. Oh, do I have to do it right this second? No. No, not at all. I mean, I can do. I have to go pick her up from Bible study. I can do it in a half an hour. He won't be set up in a half an hour. Is he set up now? Yeah. You could just talk to we're, us while you drive. We're actually recording right now. Wait, hold on. Uh, it's kind of my car. Okay. Say that I can do it now? You, we can just, we can just um, put you on speakerphone. You'll pick up. I mean, I'm on my headphone. I just hope that I don't drop. <laughs> You'll be fine. Don't worry about it. So, um, uh-huh. How fun was that? No, you know, honestly, I haven't read any, I mean, I haven't read the stories in totality, not one. I haven't even reread my own. And yeah. to hear, um, oh shit, man, I just realized that on my talking, I didn't mention one of the girls and I feel bad. Shout her um, out right now. Am I recording right now? Yeah. Well, the first, the first, the first reader. You remember? I don't remember her name. KM. No, before KM, there was someone before KM. Oh, maybe you know what? She wasn't. Was she live? Yeah, she was live from Mississippi. Was it the the old lesbian lady? No, the African American. She was yeah. second. She was second. <laughs> What was her name? Her name is uh, Miranda Joyner. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I had goosebumps listening to her. Oh, you know what? I have to meet her. I put her on my, my, my sheet list of things to do while I'm on this road trip. I'm totally going to a Synergy Nights. I mean. I can't wait. So awesome. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, but, yeah. Dead. And last night when I sat up refreshing our look what the book was doing and the movement that it was making and when we first started there were, we were like number 33,000 out of 8 million books which is still pretty awesome but mm-hmm. to look at it um, 15 minutes ago <clears throat> and see that we're at um, 3,300 out of 8 million books and we're just moving up and Whoa. the power that this these stories have I just can't share enough 
with, you know, I just want everyone to know, like, you have to read these stories. You have to hear these voices. It's so incredible. I really haven't heard anything, seen anything, read anything in my life that is this impactful from peers and, um, you know, just women across the, the country. It's insane. Yeah, I like that it's a, a true random selection. Completely. Complete random selection. I mean, the, the diversity, uh, like I said, on every level, from education to socioeconomic to race to, uh, you know, sexual preference, like, it's just, it's just a complete intersection of all females. Did you play Mad Libs during the party tonight? I did. Me too. I, I think I messed it up. <laughs> Why? How did you, you, yeah, you mess it up? Because I didn't know. I, like, I had to look up what was a verb. <laughs> Stop. Stop. Is go is go a verb. <laughs> go is a verb. Go is definitely a verb. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But it certainly didn't fit into the fucking... Uh, little thing when she put it out you know I put beaches and sunning and you know Idris Elba <laughs> oh that was your how <laughs> we know where your head is <laughs> oh hey 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 <laughs> that's awesome you know, I'm, at the, I'm at the beach with him I'm not talking about some uh, er, you know eradicating some move, whatever it was legislation my legislation was I love you I don't want to not have that <laughs> That's a nice thought, though. That's a nice thought. It is a nice thought. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mine had something to do with rice and beans and Peter <laughs> Griffin. <laughs> you know. I really wanted you to sing. I kept writing sing. sing. I was so sing. nervous. It's amazing how getting outside of your element can just, like, totally put you back down to, like, that humbling wow. level. I mean, that just, I, it just blows my mind because... For me, honestly, like that, I had it all set up like you did. I had my little phone holder, like, and I set it up before I took Teresa to her thing and came <laughs> back, popped my phone in. I'm like, you know, I'm like a, I'm like a newscaster. You don't know if I have pants on. <laughs> I thought you were really good, Chris. I thought you were very confident. You didn't seem like you were nervous at all. It seemed like you were just like born to be there at that moment. Thank you. You know, I that's this thing with my, you know, when they're talking about uh, the movement and the vision that I have and Melissa Lang has for this opportunity moving forward. Like, when I say I want to speak from stage and I want to impact people that way, that is what I want to do. I do feel born to do this, um, which is really funny because I you know I don't have any background in it but you know I just like to talk <laughs> <laughs> what 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 was your um what was like the what what was the impact of this um this what, what was this called a launch party what what was like what's like the initial like emotion that comes um that came from it from just the, initial, the party itself. Yeah, I mean, the initial uh, take on it for me was seeing 
that these ladies pulled it off. Like, I mean, I'm part of the team, <laughs> but like, I don't know any, you know, you know, I am not very tech savvy. So they're sending all these messages back and forth and we're doing this, and we're doing that. I'm like, just tell me when I'm supposed to like go live <laughs> and how does that work? And I had to do a practice run earlier today on a fake event but I got it right. <laughs> nailed so, it. Nailed it. So that the first the first reaction was just like, wow, these are some badasses. Like they did this. Um, but then once I started hearing, um, you know, KM and then Miranda and then Raina and and I just you know every time my body just got goosebumps because. It is so powerful, and 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 we fucking did this in ninety days. Holy shit! That's crazy. No, from from ninety days from from, from birth from, to to I mean from conception from birth, to birth. From birth to number one new release on Amazon in ninety days. Wow, that's insane. Round of applause. Dang, Mike, you should have had your... Yeah, where's that thing? <laughs> Raina just did I've it. I've heard that thing enough. <laughs> like, I want that thing. Um, We're going to have to have him edit it in, and let's pause. What? Yeah. That was the party, guys, oh. right there. <laughs> yeah, but, um, you know, it just takes Erin and having gotten to know her... Um, is her laugh not the best laugh? Whoa, that was so fun. <laughs> that made my night. She, she really is like such a kind, loving, caring, um, sensitive, amazing woman. And I, it's always funny because I always have to step in. I don't, I don't know, have to step in, but I always make it my place to step in. <laughs> when I say, you know, be the tough love, okay. You know, let's really get some shit done now. We're not, we're not here having a tea party. We need to sell some fucking books. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I think I've only offended a couple of people. And I've had sidebars. Well, that's not enough. Those. I've had sidebars and, you know, unapologetically out loud, I'm going to say, you know, when I say what I say, I mean what I mean. And there's a reason behind it. Um, and the reason is that I care so deeply for everyone that's involved in this project and for all the lives that it will touch. It, it has to be said, you know, you just have to move forward and you can't have, um, you know, you can't have cat bites and you can't have hurt feelings in, in projects like this. So yeah. if I did, if I, if I, uh, I will go on record right now and if I have offended anyone, um, I will say I'm sorry, but if I said it, I meant it. And I, I know I didn't say anything personal. You know what? Everyone just needs to confront their fragility and just move on. Well, that's it. And I think one of the other things that has come to the surface, and, you know, for me, it's a really, a really um, important thing that I have tried to find a way to make happen, and that is... Uh, bringing together women of all races and finding a place where we can all just look at each other as women and just trust that no matter how we look on the outside, 
you know, on the inside, we all bleed the same color, and we are together for a reason, and it is to make a difference and make an impact and to love one another and to model that so that, you know, we are all the same, even though we're all so very different. You know, That's really, really important to me. You know what would be so cool for this book is um, I remember being in school and they would have like those reading moments where the teachers would like read an excerpt of like a collection of stories type of book and they would do like chicken soup books or poetry books but I feel like having a humanities teacher in the 10th grade read you one of these stories once a week throughout the school year or <laughs> you know in the fourth grade for them to just pick a couple of stories and just kind of blow your mind at a young age would be so awesome. So how do we get these books into like school districts? Well, what's up? I like the idea of the conference that you brought up. <coughs> oh, Chris. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> well, you know, that is part of the vision for sure with what I have in mind. Um, Erin talked a little bit about the education and honestly throughout this process, she and I have had very limited discussions on what her vision was because she was so focused on really just getting this book published. And so Melissa yeah. Lang, who is very much involved in political activism, uh, wants to have a piece on that. And so there's a lot of elements that I've already mapped out on a big whiteboard uh, to address and sort of have a cover for Nasty Book Project where that's a piece of the pie, it's the voice, and, and then there's a progression from finding your voice to healing the pain that may have been behind that voice and that you're finding strength and confidence and courage to go out there and then become involved in one way, shape, or form, whether it's just to be a mentor to other women who have been where you have been or to go out and really have a political voice and get involved, run for office, um, hall meetings, whatever it takes. Um, so we have this whole thing, and conferences will definitely be a piece of that. Because, I, I mean, I I know there's that thing called the Million Man something or other. The Million know. Man March? Yeah, but there's also, like, these events that are often, and, you know, I see lots of women events that are a little bit too rah-rah, for me, for my liking, you know, and I just feel like we have uh, a foundation of something that's that's very different that can be very attractive and empowering to, to women. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I've been sitting over here in my, you know, in my house for days and weeks and months going, what am I supposed to do next? What am I supposed to do next? So I haven't really taken the action necessary to move forward on all these projects and it's just been within the last couple of days that I thought you know I just need to be still and let it be revealed and uh, clearly tonight something was revealed boom that's how it happens yeah so um. for you right now like what was um, what, what was it like for you to be involved well, I had no idea what I was getting involved in, really, besides, like, I wanted to help Planned Parenthood. Because, um, you know, I kind of take the sunny side outlook on everything. Um, but Did you say the sunny side? Yeah, you know, I always have, like, that sunny side outlook. So I, I knew that going into it, my outlook was probably going to be really different than other people's that were in the book. Um, but to work with an editor, Amy is friggin' amazing. Amy Erickson. Um, to work with her and to work with Aaron, that was the first time I had ever in my life done something that was turned in that wasn't just 
critiqued and graded but actually like developed and that was so cool because i never thought i could write but i read this story tonight and i was like oh snap i wrote something and and then just to because i have read some of the other stories that are like on the website and stuff and um i did like the preview of the book today like you could read the the little flaps waiting for you know my book to come and so i kind of had read some of the stories and just to you know I'm, I'm, a, I'm a singer i like voices i like i like to hear that kind of stuff so to hear people's voices actually like tell the stories made it all real because until that point it was all virtual right so to actually see real people and to see their faces and like even aaron was just like this virtual email until tonight and so that was just super cool yeah, I, um, that, the, the hearing and seeing the face and the voice read their story tonight was, was amazing. That, that's when I said shit just got real. So real and so exciting because, like, the wave of excitement that we feel, I'm sure everybody feels. And so they're going to go out and share. And that's just so nice, you know? It's better than a march. The stories have to be discussed. So, and this is like, I, you know I love metaphors. I went to go see the Blair Witch Project when I was 16, and um, the, it meant nothing to me. And then we all went out to dinner, and we started talking about it, and suddenly, like, it came to life for me, and just, like, the whole concept of the movie, like, blew my mind. And I kind of see the same thing. If we just kind of give people the book and let them read it, it's one thing to read it, but it's another thing to take the messages that people are saying and to connect with other people. So encouraging book club meetings and in encouraging readings of this in libraries and in classrooms and in dorm rooms and stuff, I think that's... That's where the impact happens when people gather around and they all read the short story together and then they discuss it because the dialogue is the part that that really enhances and grows the reader as opposed to just reading it and internalizing it and moving on. So what do you think the impact would be, though? I think the impact would be... That's a really good question. Maybe just a broader understanding. Yeah. Maybe just like... Um, uh, perspective because a lot of times what happens with people when they live in their bubbles like neighborhoods or um, different parts of a city you don't really know what other people are going through I mean especially for men I think for men that this would be a good way to actually see a side of women of you know gender or not gender but like you know race and uh, sexuality I think it would just broaden perspectives is what I think I think that it'll just have um, I, I mean you know it's just does that breed empathy does perspective breed empathy I would hope so I mean unless unless you're a jaded person who's just like you know like who, who already has this like preconceived notion of, of um, I don't know disdain I guess because you know some people have that but maybe even those people can be broken through too if they can just uh, empathize with someone's story 
I mean, it's just when you broaden your perspective, you bring uh, you bring a community within that you know perspective. I guess you you start to with the empathy, you start to build out and start to make more of a, a community of people who can understand each other and sort of I don't know a, a, a peace. <laughs> the nasty woman project is gonna bring about world peace. Duh. Awesome. <laughs> you know, um, definitely the stories that I have, t- you know, heard tonight as well as when I've scanned over some of them. Like I said, I haven't really read any of them completely, but the women of color, you know, and their stories just like it brings, um, it brings the classes that I've taken, you know, at college. Like, it brings things to reality um, in a big, huge way. I mean, you know, I know the face, the, 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 the things that women of color and people of color face, but to hear it come from their mouth and in such a, um, not angry, but just a, like, this is real. It, that, that has been very, very powerful to me. Um, and I think that that's something that if people were willing to open their ears and listen, that definitely could enlighten some of the um, the lack of understanding of white privilege, for one thing. Um, and then in terms of uh, sexuality, I mean, there's a lot of stories that are talking about abuse, uh, sexual, physical, emotional abuse that women have gone through. And... Um, you know, when that happens to a woman, or it ha- when it happens to anybody, and they happen to be a parent, it's very challenging for that not to trickle down, and so, um, you know, to become part of who they are, and it's a silent pain that is not shared, and, and therefore not understood, and people are judging, uh, because that's what people do without knowing, you know, it's... Um, I've always wanted to write a book called Real Life Behind the White Picket Fence. And I feel like a lot of these stories are that, not always behind a white picket fence, but they're the stories that that don't get told. And that's why there are many authors in the book who have a real fear about sharing their story. And some had to publish anonymously because of, uh, you know, having to hide and continue to hide uh, the things that happened to them. I mean, it's definitely a very raw and real expose of the life of women. That's a that's that's a good. Uh, I think that's a good place to kind of uh, leave off here. And um, I I just thought it was a great. Oh, and the entire thing, the entire idea is awesome. And I mean, as a dude, I'll never know what it is to be a woman. Obviously. <laughs> but I think that just by seeing these people tonight, because I haven't read any of the stories, and like when she was talking about that Tamika girl, like it makes me want to read that story now because she didn't really even say anything about it. Um, Aaron, yeah, she just sort of brushed over it, like, oh, I just love Tamika's. She didn't really go into <laughs> what it was about or anything. So it kind of I mean, it makes me want to read it. So I don't know. I think it was great, and I and like I said, I think it'll, it'll breed a better understanding of each other, and that's really what it's all about: is just understanding 
and just loving each other the best that we can. Well, and so I can count on both of you to be part of whatever movement that this unfolds to be, right? We're already a part of the movement. All right! (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you have any final words? Anything that you want to share? Yeah. Me? Yeah, hello. Go on Amazon.com and buy the book. <laughs> buy it for everyone you know. Get your Christmas shopping done. <laughs> you know, you want to give it to them in an ebook? We got that. You want a hardcover? We got that. You want to get it in a softcover? We got that. You want t shirts? We got those too. But to support the movement, Planned Parenthood, our continuing projects will uh, support other charities and. Uh, and not just Planned Parenthood. So, uh, you know, if, you, if you're interested in getting involved in being part of the movement, go to nastywomenproject.com. We have a contact information there. I am Chris Kelly, Director of Communications. I'll be the one getting that email. So you'll hear back from me. If not me, you would hear back from Aaron. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Nasty Woman Project. Follow us on Twitter at NastyWP. Follow us on Instagram. Help us spread the word. Help us spread love. Help us spread change. Help us, you know, get out from underneath this dump ass that's sitting in the house. <laughs> except on the weekends. When it's in, you know, Florida. Dang. Just, just another thing. So this project was brought on by just comments that... The, um, the, uh, by Trump, right? And you're uh, like, what do I call no, him? No, no. <laughs> I'm trying to think of how they, how they, um, how they refer to um, Moldor or whatever the guy from Harry Potter, he who shall not be named. There you go. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I I refuse to say his name. I refuse to write his name. Yeah. <laughs> but I have tweeted at him. Tweeted at him. So this this project was initially brought on just by comments that he's made um, about women and like um, Rosie O'Donnell, right? Yeah. Okay, okay, that's sort of what started the movement. And okay, cool. I just want to get that straight. Well, so what you know, and his comment about us calling Hillary Clinton a nasty woman. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I didn't realize. No, that in didn't. the second debate, you know, she said something, and he, you know, in his snarky voice, said, "She's such a nasty woman." Mm, okay. And so I that's see. how the nasty woman part um, came to be. But it was just there is another group that all of us belonged to um, and still belong to that uh, it. it took on a life of its own in about seven days and went to three million people, mostly women, but um, not, not all women. And uh, we all weren't feeling it in that group. Uh, we weren't feeling that we could make an impact in that group. And so that Erin just, honestly, like I saw her make some smart-ass remark, and I was like, oh, she's funny. <laughs> and, uh, That's what I was telling Mike. I was like, you need to follow her. She's pretty fucking funny. Oh, my God. She's hilarious. <laughs> she's hilarious. All right. So, well, yeah. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate you sitting on, uh, sitting in on this. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you have a great night, and... Thanks. Uh, 
stay thanks up. Thanks for being part of it. Thanks for recording this and that. Bye. Bye. Of course, that was Chris Kelly, which I did not know she was so involved with that. What? What was she? The she's the director of communications. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. she's answering emails and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So she has. She got her hand really in the pot. She did. She did, and she had a great little introduction for Aaron, who was <laughs> drinking her dinner. I love that. Hey, when life gets real. <laughs> I'm sure it's a stressful job. Anyways, um, that will do it for this uh, special episode. This is a very special episode. This is Aww. Nasty Women Project. Nasty Women Project. You heard Chris, all the websites and stuff. I'll put them in the liner notes. So um, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. Yes.